back into the Great Scott Show on a Gimme All You Got Friday. Time for the Pro Nola segment. Gus Cattengill is going to join me right now. Brad Topham coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk a little baseball. We'll talk LSU versus Florida, among other things. We're going to talk a lot of Saints and Pelicans this segment because that's usually what we do when we have on my friend Gus. Uh, good morning, Gus. Happy Friday, my friend. How's it going? Doing well, man. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good, I think. You know, I the, the Mets performance a week ago, the, the only good thing was that they, they couldn't hurt me anymore for a while. Um, and, you know, the Saints won. Uh, the, the, you know, the Cajuns are coming off a good good win on Wednesday night. You and I were kind of texting during the lightning delay. But, you know, I'll be honest, you know, in LSU-Florida game should be should be a phone tomorrow night. But I, I was, you know, I was watching UL Marshall and I was kind of tweeting about it and doing different things. And I wasn't paying as close attention to the Pelicans preseason game as I had their previous preseason games. So, you know they're in a they're Cajun's going a weather delay. I'm like, all right, you know what? Let me let me walk the dog. She's going a little crazy. It's eight at night, eight thirty, whatever. Let me walk her. And I get a text from you, and it says Zion has not come out of the you know out of the locker room with the team after half. Gus, man, I I just I mean I, I was triggered. It was like it was just immediate panic. And you told me it was something about the ankle and. I, I I had a moment there, but after seeing the video, you know it it looked painful, obviously, but nothing super serious. It's a strain. He's questionable tonight. I doubt they'll play him. But point is, man, I I, I don't I understand if Pelican fans get a little triggered anytime you know he's he's a little nicked up because it just feels like you know so much positive momentum, so much is riding on it, and um, you know he should be good to go for this Wednesday when the regular season officially tips off. Yeah, look, I mean, I think two things that I even talked about on my show on Thursday, for starters. A, um, you know, it's understandable, right? That was the word I used. It's understandable for fans and media across the country um, to, to see that and go, oh, man, you know, here we go again. And I thought it was important. That's why I retweeted the video that you saw of it happening because, you know, we kind of went through this with Anthony Davis, right, Scott, where if AD got injured, he's Mr. Glass, you know, I mean, Charles Barkley calls him Anthony Street Clothes Davis because he's always in street clothes. Players start getting labeled, you know, injury riddled or often injured or, you know, whatever. And, you know, when you look at the first injury, that he had dang knees in San Antonio, kept him out to January, right? Um, he hurts his foot. That keeps him out all of last year, you know, in the off season. Did, did any of that have to do with his weight? Did it not? I mean, it, it just it gets tied into it. And I think he's going to be a player until he proves. And when I say he proves, I mean if it happens where he plays the majority of the season or not, people are, are waiting for it. I mean, it's just, it just is what it is right now. Um, so that's one. It's understandable. Two, kudos. I gave kudos on the post-game show, and I gave kudos Thursday to he and the organization. And I think what we saw 
on Wednesday night was a difference that we hadn't seen ever, okay? Um, He's in a much better place, man. And I thought you got a sense of that, which is why it was so important. I, I led the show off with it on Thursday. I, I gave kudos that the organization put his post game. He was the only player made available. It was Willie Green and it was Zion. And that spoke volumes to me. I mean, Scott, this was a situation where you didn't speak to him last year. I mean, like, think about that. That guy was never made available, ever. You know, I never got him for the three years that we were the Pelicans flagship station on ESPN New Orleans. So to have an injury, whatever it is, an ankle roll, an ankle sprain, and to have him available, I thought kudos. But that doesn't happen if both parties aren't in a much better place, right? Like he mentioned that David Griffin went to him in the locker room and said, Twitter's doing his thing, you know, because on Twitter, here he goes, he's hurt again, whatever. I thought it was key that I posted and others the video of it happening because, Scott, you said it yourself just now. Seeing it, right, made you feel better from this aspect of it. The guy just went in and planted, and the shoe gave out. I mean, I, I, I think it's a weak shoe. I mean, it just, it, it rolled. I mean, there was no contact. It was not, you know, something where, you're immediately thinking he's out for the season. He's out till September, you know, till February. I mean, it's, that, that's not what you saw. So I thought it was key that he was there. And the other reason why I gave him kudos, too, is because you heard him. And you saw it, you know, and it was on NBA Live the next day. Uh, like I said, I led with it because hearing how he spoke about it and hearing how he spoke about himself I think puts you at ease. Like I had more calls Thursday, Scott, on the topic that we talked about on Wednesday about, you know, freaking Saints fans showing up to support the Bengals because of Joe Burrow than Zion. Like I, I text Todd, he was at practice in Miami and he's listening to the show, you know, on the app. And I mean, the first hour I must have had at least thirty calls, people yelling at each other. One guy says the Saints are garbage. You better believe I'm going to go in there and root for the Bengals and root for a good quarterback. I'm not rooting for Jameis. I mean, I mean, and then the other guys call and say that guy's a moron. I mean, dude, it was it was insane. But think about that. Like, think about that. The day after Zion rolled an ankle and got injured, I didn't have a single call about it, Scott. I didn't have a single call of doom and gloom, organizations cursed. Zion's a bust, sell the franchise, like none of that. And yeah. that wasn't even yeah. a year ago, dude, and, where that's yeah. where it was. I mean, think about that. I got more calls on Thursday about are you going to cheer for an LSU Tiger against the Saints than Zion injuring his ankle. It's remarkable how far that organization and he has come. And generally, I mean, it's not like – you haven't been getting calls about the Pelicans. I mean, the excitement is there. No. The the see the the home the home opener, which is you know season opener is Wednesday. The home opener is a week from uh, what Sunday. I mean, it's Sunday. Yep, it's sold out against Utah. It's sold out on a Sunday. I mean, oh well, Sunday and 
it's 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 sold out, and I get that the Saints play, you know, on Thursday right, next right. week. But but still, I mean, it's a football day, right? Game sold out. I mean, God, the excitement is I there. Can't rem- I can't. I, I honestly don't think, aside from the first game when they moved from Charlotte, I don't think. A home opener is ever. I don't even think they sold out their home opener. I could be wrong. I'm gonna find that. I out. think they did, and I think they did in 08. But that's what I was gonna say. They, they yeah. do it the year after. They I think the they did Conference. in 08. But like it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I don't remember who they were playing. But the Jazz are are bad. I mean, they 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 their all stars are gone. They're, the people. That's a great it's way not to like it. they're yeah. playing no, the, the, the like I know the Warriors game on November fourth is going to be sold out. I know that because it's, sure. it's 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 sure. the Pelicans and they're playing the Warriors. Lakers and, and exactly. they're playing the Jazz, but it's the season opener. But it's it's the season opener. It's November. It's on a Sunday. It's football season. God, that tells I, you a lot about where this franchise is right now, doesn't it? Not even close. It's not even close, man. I mean, it's I, I'm telling you, and, and you know, because we both worked for the same place when we started, and. The philosophy there is simple. You, you you throw out in February, in March, in April. I mean, you do the question of the day is which Saints cornerback. Mind you, they don't even have the team yet, right? You know what I'm talking about. I'm not poking at him. I'm just, this is where it's been here in New Orleans, right? Which Saints cornerback will leave the team in interceptions, and it's April 4th. Right? Yeah. Oh, it used to drive you and I crazy. We. We would be on the radio talking about the New Orleans Hornets who were going to the playoffs, and we had some people that are like, people that were, uh, you know, quote, a a, a higher up, if you will, like, man, you kind of spent a lot of time on it. Like, it's just a playoff game in the NBA. Like, what are you talking about? Jesus. Yeah, no, you're you're, you're giving me flashbacks, brother. To give the score only. Yeah. And I I looked at her in, in, in bewilderment. I'm like, you can't do that. I mean, it's a professional organization. and But what's nuts is that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's been, Scott, where you throw out anything Saints and you don't even do show prep. It's just, well, next caller. Next that's, yeah, that was that was caller. how it was back then. And look, and, the, I, I get and, it. And, I mean, and, the Saints are our are, are king. I get it. But dude, talking about ignoring everything, like you, they're not the only show. And maybe it's because of what I've done the last couple of years, and maybe it's because I've developed our show to be the voice where basketball fans go. But, you know, I said this all the time, and I don't know if you remember, I tweeted a photo for the open practice where there were 6,500 people to show up for literally a layup drill line and then some funny stuff with the rookies. And that was it. Like, they didn't scrimmage. You know, there was a great chance to get autographs, but that was it. There were 6,500 people there. And I, I tweeted a picture, and I do think it's, it's a cumulative effort, right? And you know this, because you and I have had this discussion before. When we were being told that, our response was, well, you have to give them a reason to care. You have to talk about it. And the reason we're such a football state is because that's what we've always talked about. We have, you know a gazillion general managers, head coaches, offensive coordinators. I mean, whether it's a Cajun game, whether it's a Tigers game, a Saints game, a Wave game, everyone knows what calls should have been, who should be playing, this guy's care. Like, we have that well, because that's all we talk about. And I tweeted that photo of, the, you know, the people that cover the team, man. I, I think Jake Madison Locked on Pels, Schmidt Dua, man, yeah. Ali Cosell, all, all these people that on their free time, dude, like they, they've 
that's not their primary jobs, you know, have covered this team and have introduced analytics and, and help us look at the game. I mean, I would have never, ever thought I'm at the gym and, you know, people using acronyms for, you know, out-of-time-out plays and stuff like that. I mean, like, they're, they're using basketball phrases, you know, and and forcing me to, like, well, well, you know, to go to advanced stats on the NBA media page and, and look at, you know, possession time. And, I mean, I, th- that's incredible, dude. And, and that's what I'm saying. I, I'm telling you over 50% easily. I would almost argue 60 to 70% of my time spent on my three-hour talk show is NBA Pelicans basketball, period. And it had nothing to do with Zion. And that's the thing. If it did last year, it was trade him. He don't want to be here. That's fine. But it wasn't where it was, he don't want to be here. I don't care. It was, we love Herb. We love Alvarado. We love Willie. We love B.I. We love people that want to play here. Thank you, CJ. Like, the, 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 the swell of a fandom that I have seen in the last six months, I've never experienced, dude. I've never experienced like that. And it, it's legit. And that's what I'm saying. For that game to be sold out, for the game at the home of the squadron to be sold out today um, in Birmingham, that that says a lot, dude. Like, it's legit. People are following this team, but, Scott, it's because of what we saw. And it's because of what we saw in particular of defensive effort, guys looking like they care, a coach that comes up with the phrase that's genuine and on the spur of the moment that we can relate to. you got to fight, man, because for years we've seen that team or that franchise and be like, care. Somebody throw a chair, man. It's a 16-0 run. Anthony Davis, you want to get angry? Like, we have that now. So I don't know where the season's going to go, but I can tell you I've never seen a fan base all in, a team that's locked in, and legit reasons that I can give you why there is a good chance this team is going to have a fun season because of certain players, because of depth, because of what they can do. Like, legit. It's not, I hope this draft pick pans out. I hope this free agent that they probably overpaid for is good in the flash in the pan. I mean, we were a year ago, bro, going into last season, Scott, where this team tried to spend – they, they threw out $100 million hoping to land Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry. They were begging a leader of a lot of minutes under their knees to please come to New Orleans, and it didn't happen. And now you're in a situation where it legitimately is a place that the team they got and people they have like it here. And it's one of the bites I played on Thursday, what Zion said. A reporter in Miami, thick Miami accent, man, asked him, you know, where are you going to be in the future? And the dude just flat out said, New Orleans is home. I love New Orleans. Like, I don't know why people think I don't want to be there. That's I feel comfortable. Like, that's not anything, man, we've heard. So, again, on a night where he rolls his ankle, the team made him available, and you heard him speak about it, laughing, joking saying, I'm fine, guys. I, I can't wait for this season. I'm, I'm ready to prove to myself I'm like, like, that's not a guy we've heard for three years. This is not an organization that has acted like they had for three years. It's refreshing and it's exciting. 
Gus Kagengill, our guest, 103.3 The Goat, simulcast on 1420. I'm Scott Prather. It's the great Scott show. The uh, The season begins Wednesday, final preseason game, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, tonight. Final Pelicans question for you, Gus. What is your prediction slash expectation? Because as great as, as great as all of the positive mojo is, we're talking about an optimism. You know, if if you're not winning, it ain't happening. Winning matters. Yes, the 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 organic, you know, relationships that's been built between some of these roster and the fan base is good and it's real. But you got to win. So what is what is the right expectation in your mind? What are you expecting out of the team this season? And then we'll. And we'll move on to the other team on airline drive. We don't have to, if you don't mind. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I just, um, realistically, Scott, I, I think six is a realistic expectation. And what I mean by that is I think you've done a really good job if you don't have to worry about the play-in. And it's not that I don't think the Pels can be better or can do more. I'm just looking at it as if – and, again, it's the thing that you can't plan for, Scott. I mean, I – B.I. is dealing with the toe. Now, you should have your starting five for Brooklyn. So that's a good thing. But you can't plan for that, right? I mean, you didn't know that B.I. wasn't going to play this preseason and that C.J. had ankle soreness. And I think they're being extra cautious with everybody because of the expectations. So you don't know. But the Clippers are a different team if Kawhi Leonard's playing with them. The Nuggets are going to be different with the two-time defending MVP of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Um, he didn't play last year because of a knee injury. Oh, Jam- uh, uh, yeah. Jamal Murray? Jamal Murray. There we go. <laughs> I'm like, what? Maybe he's related to Kyler. I don't know. But <laughs> we're thinking about football last night, waiting for a touchdown. Um, but, you know, Jamal Murray, man, was a solid player. Let's see what he could sort of do. Um, the Warriors are the Warriors. John Morant is, is, I mean, he had a play on, on Thursday. I, I don't know if you, if you watched it, dude, um, in a preseason game. He just, he, he reminds me of Kobe and MJ, dude, where, you know, every game you have to watch, he's going to do a play where you just go, my goodness. You know, just a great highlight real guy. But they were the two seed last year, man. So the Lakers, if Anthony Davis plays most of the season, is a different team than without him. I mean, He's legit. The guy shoots threes. He's tough to defend. He's a better – I mean, he makes them better, period. But let's see what Patrick Beverly adds to it because they were better two seasons ago when they won the title in the bubble because they played defense. I think they miss Caruso. So if Beverly can sort of do what Caruso did, they're going to be better than a team that doesn't make the playoffs. So you you have all of that. The team rules, man. They went got Rudy Gobert. That's going to be a front court that's thick. Um Luka Doncic is is sick, and they've been a bad matchup against the Pelicans. Like, and they just don't match up well. So there's a lot of good teams in the West, and you add the East being better, it it's it's going to be jumbled. So I think every game does matter because you look at last year, it's a difference of a game, right, on a lot of those spots. So. I, I'm realistically going six. Best case scenario, four. And I've said this, if Trey Murphy, what we've seen in the preseason is what I think he can be in the regular season. There's going to be a lot of open shots for the Pelicans because of Zion. You saw in that game on Wednesday, 
He didn't score in the first quarter. He himself said it after the game. I had to wake up. I had to play with more energy. And I got into the game by assisting. He had four assists in the second quarter and 11 points. And, Scott, it was pedestrian. Like, you're, you're looking at, like, I've yet to see in the preseason him have an explosion or breakout game. Antonio Daniels, John DeShazer, we've talked about it on our show during the broadcast when I fill in for Graf. He, he looks like he's trying to, you know, get back. There's a lot of rust, man. He didn't play basketball for a year. But he's going to be better as the season goes on. And he's had 13, 13, 8, and 11. So in, in games last year where Brandon Ingram didn't play, you were like, where's the scoring coming? You're not going to see that this year. I think if Trey Murphy can knock down four, five threes a game, Alvarado can knock down two, five, you know, threes a game. Dyson Daniels' defense has been impressive in, in the preseason. That's going to translate. That has nothing to do with whether or not his shot's falling. The guy can play defense. He's a natural at it. That's going to add another defender in clutch moments and times in the game. I mean, I think best case would be four. I think they can get the six for sure and avoid that play-in. If you can avoid that play-in, dude, that's huge. You, you sit and wait. You let the other guys have to do the play-in, and that buys you a week's rest. And at that point of the season, I think that's big. And not just that, if you can get to the four, you're hosting a first-round playoff matchup. That would be tremendous. So, look, I, I get calls all the time where they think they can win it, they think they're two, a three, a four seed. Can you just avoid the play-in scenario? You know, even at seven, you can lose and you still have a shot to still play. But I think if you can finish sixth, I think that's a really good spot. This team plays well on the road, even if they don't host that first round. To go from nothing to play-in to six would be a tremendous step, I think, for this organization. They get the four, we're off and running. But last last I, time they were a six seed, they swept the opponent in the first round. Yeah, so I, that's, I, I think hey. six makes sense, dude. I think they can do it. All right, Gus Kangelis. It's a long season. I was talking to Todd about it, dude. I was at uh, at practice on Thursday, Scott. What's remarkable is, you know, because fans are like, where's Bi? I want to see Bi. I was like, why are we we being so cautious with CJ, dude? The time of season we're talking about in April. You realize the Cajuns will be – you'll be talking about the spring game. Yeah. Talking oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the spring game will be during the first round of the NBA playoffs. Still in it because yeah. baseball starting in March next year. So, I mean, the Mets will be playing again. Like, the NFL – Why do you have to bring up the Mets? a week or two away. I mean, you know, I was, think of how far away that is. So, take your time – get healthy, and a lot can happen under there when you think of how long that season really is. That's Gus Kattengill. We're going to take a quick timeout when we come back. The Saints, you know, a week from now, Gus, when we talk, the Saints will have played two games and the Pelicans will have played a regular season game. It's about to be a right. busy week, man. saints <laughs> Bengals. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, all the fan talk and who should or shouldn't. It, we, we've We've discussed it on these airways. We're going to talk about this matchup and the, the decision. You know, the Saints maybe have to make a quarterback, what they should do. I have my thoughts. We're going to get in all that and more. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott Show on a Give Me All You Got Friday. We're right back right after this.
Welcome back into the Great Scott Show on a Give Me All You Got Friday. Gus Kattengill with us, 7 o'clock hour, Pro Nola segment. Brad Topham coming up next hour. Saints Bengals on Sunday, two teams, both two and three, both, you know, just uh, big, big expectations coming into this season uh, and have not lived up to them. And I, Gus, we've talked a lot about, you know, Joe Burrow and the last time he played in the Dome and what he did for LSU and all this other stuff. I just want to talk about this matchup. Like, what, 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 the Saints, they, they, they had some semblance of offense against Seattle. That was good. Um, Taysom Hill was absolutely amazing. It was, it was a legendary performance by him. You know, I, it, you enjoy it, but, was it a win that suddenly felt like it cured everything? Not really. I mean, yeah. it was, it was what, that's what I predicted a week ago when we talked about it. I said, I think the Saints are going to beat Seattle, but it's not going to be one of these victories where you're like, man, now everything's rolling, you know? And when you lose a game like that, you, I don't know, you just, you, you focus a lot more on that stuff. And when you win, you, you sometimes look past a lot of stuff. They still have issues, but C- Cincinnati has issues too. These are both teams that have lost, games to, to, to teams that I think are inferior to them. Cincinnati's better than Pittsburgh. The Steelers beat them. The Saints are better than Carolina. Carolina beat them. And my point is, both of these franchises have had self-inflicted wounds in about every game this season. Who's going to shoot themselves in the foot more? Probably going to determine who wins and loses Sunday. I mean, that's... Uh, I, I, I You want to see more out of the Saints offense, I get it, but I... Just based on the way these two franchises have played so far this season, and I have big concerns about the Saints injury report and Marshawn Lattimore and all that other stuff, I really think it's going to be, okay, who makes less mistakes? And you could say, oh, that's true every week. It's not. I mean, you have mistakes in every game. I'm talking about big, big mistakes because these two teams, they've done it some this year. They're better on paper than what they've been on the field. This is a big matchup Sunday, I think, for both teams because if you get to 500 – you feel like you're right in the ship a little bit, man. You fall to two right. and four. It, it feels it feels very very different. Hundred percent, man. I agree with you. I, that's actually been my talking point this week. Is uh, you know, what Taysom Hill did on Sunday. Uh, to me, it's it's there with Drew Brees' five six TD game, Kamara six TD game, where a Herculean effort, you know, was amazing. The the thing is in those games where Breeze through multiple TDs or Kamara through, you know, score that many. It wasn't a tight game. I mean, the Saints trail was four to play. I mean, if Taysom Hill doesn't run his sixth yard, they lose that game. He fielded kicks. He covered kicks and recovered a fumble. He threw a touchdown pass. He rushed for touchdowns. The guy literally did everything but play safety, and the way the safety play has been, you might need to throw him on the defensive side. I mean, it's it really is incredible because that's a game that could have lost like very easily. Um, There were some issues on this team. And, you know, when you look at it, Scott, it's, are they a bad football team or what I've been saying this week? We, we haven't seen the saints yet. And and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm not ready to bury them and I'm actually the opposite of a lot of people where it's the coaching and Dennis out and the show and he can't. I actually think they're doing as good a job as you can when you think about what they're having to do. And 
don't take my word for it. Listen to what Taysom Hill said on Wednesday. I mean, Taysom Hill is like, this is not the plan. This was not what I was told. I didn't even know what my plan was going to be, but, you know, it wasn't what they had told me. I, I, I didn't take any snaps, he said on Wednesday, at quarterback in training camp. And you're looking at it now, and, Scott, you said it to me on Wednesday. Right now, you could argue the same site, you know, offensive identity right now is ground and pound. Run the ball. It makes sense. It's... And it's because you went into the season thinking you're going to have this incredible trio of wideouts, which, by the way, Chris Olave right now has more yards than any Saints in five games in its history. Not Colston, not Thomas. Chris Olave has more yards receiving in Saints history through five games. With with a hurt Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton with, throwing the ball. With terrible quarterbacks. Right, right. That's pretty I mean, impressive. It, I mean, dude, I mean, let's just be honest, right? I mean, with no offensive fluidity, with, you know, he's not the number one target. They're not trying to throw him 10 balls. I, I, I'm just, it just tells you how good he is. And he was supposed to be the third receiver, Scott. Third. Because Michael Thomas showed in that fourth quarter why we were so excited in training camp. Because he was healthy. And I think what's key that I try to bring up to our listeners, this turf toe is not the foot. It's not a knee. It's not he didn't work out in the summer. It, it, I mean, it happens. You know, Deontay Hardy suffers one. He's going to be out longer. I mean, just, it is what it is, man. And, and look, this is not a Saints problem. If you play fantasy football or if you cover the league like we do, Scott, everyone's banged up. I mean, names right? Names. And I think I've had this discussion with a couple of people and um, a, a lot of it, former players too. I had, you know, Turbin last week on to won a Super Bowl with Seattle, the running back. And he said the same thing. He's like, I'll tell you what's happening. He's like, the new CBA, like we don't tackle, we don't practice. Right. Cause I asked him, I said, I said, Scott, just like anything else, right? Like if I, you know, I mean, you're a hoss and people see you, I mean, you clearly know where the gym is. But if Scott Prather doesn't work out for two, three weeks and you go bench press, you're going to be sore. You know, I mean, yeah, if you do squats, you're going to be sore. Your hamstrings, your glutes, everything, like, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you can't even pick up the kid because you hadn't done it. Well, you literally go six, seven months, Scott, before you get hit. It's why it's why it's what I've said on this show, and it's what I've yeah. told you. It's why Jake Delhomme have to train the It's body why to Jake Delhomme told me before the spar. season. Boxer spar. It, Jake Delhomme told me before the season. You really can't fig, you can't judge a team until week six because they don't even know what they are yet. And he said you're going to see injuries and drops and poor tackling early in the season, and then you know you just kind of hope to make it until then. And this is week six. Right. I think after this week is when we can, I guess, <laughs> at least when I will will make sort of a, a firm, okay, they're moving in the right direction or this is just who, how they're going to be. This is a well, mega, this is a mega sort of g- game on the calendar, not because they're playing Cincinnati, not because Joe, because it's week six and you're right. Everybody's dealing with injuries, but right. you know, since he's got six guys on the, on the injury report, the Saints have 14. And and key right. guys, big guys, and look who they are, Scott. Right, who right. I mean, Michael Thomas, that, Marshawn Lattimore, not I having him for this game. That's that's going to be well, dude, uh, that's going to be like such I a said, big detriment for him. Look, think of, you know, I don't think it was going to be the case, but yeah, I mean, you could have used Chauncey Gunner Johnson right now if you had these injuries, and 
I think there is some juice missing. Like, this defense is not as good as it was last year. It's just not. And for whatever reason. But that's why I, I go back to what I was saying about the, the coaching. You have had to mid-season or early-season audible who you are and what you do. And you don't have your starting quarterback that you've been planning for. And now it's Andy, which you can run the offense. But it's, you know, and then you realize when you don't have your top receivers, well, Taysom all of a sudden becomes more important. And so now he's part of the package. And, I mean, that's what I'm saying is that you, you have had to kind of redo what you want to do. Marcus May hasn't been on the field a lot as your safety. I, I love Tyron Matthew. He, he's, a, he's a guy in this community in the state that is highly respected. He hasn't been what I think a lot of Saints fans Not yet. Was going to no. Be. I mean, that, that, oh, well, he's made a business decision. Or he couldn't have caught DK Metcalf anyway. And I, I'm like, I wait a minute. I would at least try what, to tackle him. Like, wait, that's not how he got the nickname Honey Badger, right? How did he get that nickname? Why did he get that nickname? You watched him play at LSU. You know. That's yeah. the guy that's yeah. that, that pound for pound is as tough as it gets, is not backing down from anyone. And when he's slowing up, and he's not going all out, and he uh, he's he's either he's far from a hundred percent, or or there's something else going on. But he has not been good. Marcus May has missed time. And, and the now you might too not is, have remember I told you back in OTA minicamp. I said I was very curious how in the first few practices we saw, like he's the free safety and he's just standing still. Like when you look at those highlights at LSU, you look at the highlights, you know, with the cards or or you know. With the Chiefs, um, the Chiefs. He he roamed, but that's what Chauncey was, which is why I was like, I get y'all want him to sign it, but you kind of have that guy already, and you know, I, I think the injury to Paulson Adebo to start the season has really affected him. He doesn't look anything like the player that um, the training camp star, as he was, you know, uh, proclaimed to be by so many, and he hadn't played. I mean, it's just. It's interesting. I said this on your show going into the season defensively for the Saints. I was concerned about linebacker. Pete Warner was dealing with a groin injury. I didn't feel like they had a lot of depth after Demario Davis. I said, but secondary, they're as deep as they've been. And the, the in the front, you know, with Davenport and Turner, they should hopefully take steps forward. On Yamada's a beast. Cam Jordan still all this stuff, and they've been. The linebacker's been arguably the best unit on the team this season. I mean, Davis and Warner have been outstanding. I think they have been. Uh, let's say pound. You look at every positional unit on the team, linebacker's actually been the best. So shout out to See, those where's guys. David Anya, where's David Anyamata? Really? You get, you're getting nothing from the interior players no, in the New Orleans. Fans. No, and he's the guy. Look, Shy Tuttle, it is what it is. Malcolm Roach is coming back. But those guys are, are, are former UDFAs that are not looked at. They're not the guys getting paid the money that Anya Mott is getting that's looked at as the right. beast that's supposed to do a ton of stuff. So right. uh, oh, the man, defense, right. they gotta they got to step up on Sunday and have their best game of the season if the Saints want a shot at winning this thing. 103.3 The Goat, simulcast on 1420. 103.3 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. I'm Scott Brather. It's the Great Scott Show on a... Give me all you got, Friday. Let me hear it from you, Al. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! Gus Cadenio is all with me. Gus, let's look at quarterback for a moment. On your show Wednesday, I said, listen, if in, until Jameis Winston is FP, FP, FP. And what I mean by that is on the, on the practice last injury report, you have DNP did not participate. You have limited participation, which is LP. And then you have FP, full participant. 
which you see from some guys, they're on the injury report, but they're full participant. And if they're not on the injury report at all, then they're either on IR or they're they're healthy. Until I see Jameis Winston have FPs next to his name or not on the report at all, I think the Saints need to play Andy Dalton. Dennis Allen, when he's been asked the last few weeks, has played it right. He just he defers essentially to Winston's health every time he's been asked, hey, Jameis or Andy Dalton, you know, who's who's gonna start? And it's it's not like Dalton was was lighted up against Cincinnati. He he managed the game okay against Seattle. He had his moments. I mean, he's Andy Dalton, right? But he said, look, I, I, what did he say this week? I think on Monday he's like, it's an incomplete evaluation on Jameis Winston, right? He's been dealing with, with injury issues. He's getting better. He did say, and I quote, I do like what Andy's been able to do since he's been in there. I keep using the word efficient. I think he's been efficient in terms of operating the offense. I, I think Andy's starting Sunday. I, I don't. I don't know when they're going to make that announcement or what. I think he's starting Sunday, Gus. I think he should start Sunday. And I think if he plays really well and they win games, then you got to roll with it. I'm not necessarily expecting him to sort of just take the job from Jameis because I think when Jameis is back healthy, if Andy's playing somewhere around what he's played kind of like the last two weeks, I think they go back to Jameis. But a lot can happen between now and then. A lot can happen this Sunday. I think you've got a quarterback situation brewing that isn't maybe quite as murky as some are making it out to be today, but maybe it's a little murkier a week from now. Who do you think starts Sunday and and where do you think they're going with the quarterback situation this season for the Saints? Yeah, I think you go back to what Sean Payton did. And if you remember the the Sean Payton way, if you were coming off of not playing a game, what normally happened the week after you talked about it, that player would practice that for a week, see how he goes through practice that week on a limited basis, and then he'll be ready to go in two weeks. I mean, that's – and I'm with you. You know, seeing him limited is better than not practicing because, God, that's literally the only way you know he's going to be healthy. Like, you don't know, right? Because what you were told at the time of the injury is you can't have further damage, but – who knows how long broken bones in your vertebrae are going to take to heal. What you do know is any, you know, non-doctor can tell you that you can probably assume continued trauma and pounding to it doesn't help it. So the two weeks he played probably didn't help it. So you have to wait for it to heal. I mean, Michael Thomas hasn't played because of a, a ligament. So, so, and the only, with that, you can, you can see swelling, you can judge movement, you can, you can do certain things with certain injuries to, to kind of let you know if you can go, right? I mean, it, and that's something you can see. With that, the only way you can judge, Scott, is, all right, get out there and practice. You know, go through some drills, and, and then you have to use your eyes. Does he look like he's moving? Is he accurate with the football? Because, Scott, I know Saints fans didn't want to hear it, man, and – and, 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 look, there's just some people that have their mind made up with him, and it, it, it just is. It just – I've had shouting matches with callers. You know, you know who he is. I'm like, do you? Because he's played this year unlike he played last year. And I know you can say, well, the defense, well, I understand that, but the guy made reads. He was checking at the line. He was, you know, as I call it, he was the bobblehead thing where his head was going left, right. He was going through his progressions. You haven't seen – 
any of that this year. I mean, you never saw it. You, you, you saw him lock in on a target. You saw him lock in on one read. He's taking chances that make no sense. You know, in the Carolina game, we went through it after that week, Scott. Alave's open at the first down marker. It's a high-low read. He decides to go to Landry's double cover, and the pass is so bad that it's out of bounds. Um, on the touchdown that he missed Landry, he was open. He missed them. But Kamara is right there over the middle for a first down. He doesn't take what the defense has given him. So I think you had a quarterback that's pressing. I think you had a quarterback whose confidence was shot. I think you had a quarterback that doesn't trust his offensive line at the time. And since we've seen him play, the offensive line has gotten better. I don't think miraculously all of a sudden you've seen the screen game come to play. So what, Pete Carmichael didn't call it back then? He didn't call plays that had other guys open? No, I, I don't think it's coincidence that since Andy Dalton started, all of a sudden you're seeing the tight end be used. The plays are there. And that's why I, I yelled to, to I was blue in the face. It's not the play calling. I mean, can you say that play or this play? Heck, Dennis Allen said it several times this year. I, I didn't like the fit. I, I, I probably shouldn't have called that play. Every coach, man, is going to say after a game, I wish I would have called a different play. It's it's chess, it's it's chance. Sometimes the plays work, sometimes they don't. That's football. There isn't a Belichick doesn't call the right play every play. Like it it doesn't happen, right? I mean, if Bill Walsh called the right play every day, they'd have scored on every possession and it a one eighty nine or whatever. It didn't happen. They lost games too. So it's almost like we've gotten unrealistic as a fan base where. A quarterback can't throw an incompletion. A block can't be made. It, you know, there isn't going to be a penalty because every team's going to have injuries. You're going to have penalties and differences. Can a team overcome it? The Saints haven't been able to overcome them because of the self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, and, so, and when you get behind the eight ball and, and you're, you haven't scored in two quarters and sometimes three quarters, well, now you can't. The reason they've been able to run the ball the last two weeks is because they weren't trailing by double digits in the second half. You know what I mean? I mean, it made it, it that that that's going to impact play calling as well. But because the injuries and everything else, uh, do, like that's one thing. See, Sean Sean Payton was is a great coach. I think you and I can admit it. Sean also is stubborn as hell, and Sean would say, "You know what? I don't care who the receivers are. I'm still going to make this work. I don't care. I don't care what the score is. I'm still going to throw it here." Tried life, and I think right. And, and it damn near almost got him in the playoffs. Now, I don't think that that's necessarily a formula I would recommend coaches doing. I mean, Sean is Sean, right? Don't try to be him, be yourself. But Carmichael, it's like you look at the roster, you look at what you have, you look at who's injured, and you say, we need to run the football. We got a 6'2", 225-pound guy that's one of the best athletes in the league and is fast as you know what. Uh, let's let's get him some more touches. Let's run Kamara. He's healthy now. Let's utilize the run game. Let's do this. And, you know, I, I think <laughs> look at what you have with all the injuries. Don't think about what you want the offense to be. Think about what it can be and go from right. there. And this Sunday, it just needs to be it just needs to be sufficient. Because as as bad as State special teams has been, and as I, I I'll I, disappointing as the defense has been, let's just say, uh, and as much as the defense has failed to live up to the standard we expected, we can say about defense and special teams, especially special teams, but defense as well, I think a sufficient offense improves both of those other areas, and maybe they're not as good as we expected them to be, but they improve a little bit. Um, In particular, defense. Special teams is another story. I probably shouldn't have brought them up. 
Just just be sufficient on offense Sunday. Wait for your opponent to make a mistake. That's the key to victory. It might sound boring, but that you don't have the roster to go out there yeah. and get into some shootout with the Cincinnati Bengals, especially with, you know, Lattimore likely not playing. We'll see what happens on the injury report today, but it's just not what you want to do with all the injuries you have. And I think I think that's the big key, Gus. Uh, what's your prediction for Sunday? And then we'll we'll wrap up this baby in regards to the Saints. Uh, I think that's exactly what needs to happen because the Saints are going to have that that chance or two, and you have to take advantage of it. Okay, eighteen sacks so far. If there is a weakness, it's Zach Taylor. I think he's a terrible head coach, and that line has trouble. So you're going to be able to sack Joe. If you can sack him, it should, in theory, present longer downs and distances for you. Can you get off the field? It's going to happen, okay? He also, I love the guy, but, man, since he's joined, since he, he throws a lot of bad interceptions. He throws interceptions in the end zone. He's good for a pick or two a game. Like, he's going to because he he, he 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 wants that big play, so he's going to take chances. Can you get the pick? You can't drop it, right? Can you get the interception when it's there? There's going to be a throw or two in the game where it's going to be an interceptable pass. It has to happen. There's going to be plays in the game where Cam Jordan, Davenport, somebody's going to be able to get a sack. Can you get it on third down? Can you cause a third and long and then get off the field? Can you give your offense 60 yards to score, 30 yards to field goal instead of 60 or 50? Can you give short fields to the offense to where you can do, Scott, as you said, be efficient, don't turn the ball over, and when you get that golden nugget, the interception, a sack fumble, a sack in the 10-yard line, then they punt it, but you – start at, you know, their 48, that has to be seven. That has to be paid dirt. Like, if you can take advantage of that, Scott, to your point, you don't have to play perfect football. You don't have to try to outscore them. If you've watched the Cincinnati Bengals this year, they will give you the game if you let them. That that's And, and they're you, probably saying the same thing about the Saints. One pet peeve. Every single <laughs> Monday, I call for Zach Taylor's firing because I like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and I think he's killing that. So the, the, the chances that they're going to play this clean game, they're going to protect him, he's not going to throw a pick, it hasn't happened since he's been there. It hasn't happened. So when, when, when you look at this game, you're going to have three to five chances. I'm going to text you. There's going to be three to five chances. I'm going to say, that's one. That's it. There you go. Can you go make it happen? Can you convert that to a touchdown? Can you convert that to at least three? Can you take advantage of the mistakes that will be there? If you can't, you're going to get run out the building. I mean, I'm just they, – they're good. They're waiting to get into their swing of things. And, you know, I, I've watched a good amount of their games. And, I mean, it's, it's there, dude. It, it's there on both sides. And, I mean, I'm telling you, if, if this game you can't get pressure – there's big problems. If this game, you can't get turnovers, there's problems. 
And so, and I know with Lattimore, you don't think that guy's licking his chops. He's like, Jamar, I'm coming to you. That's who he is. I mean, they, they will talk about it all week. They're going to be in the game like no matter what. I don't care if he's covering whoever's covering you. I'm coming to you. So can whoever covers Jamar Chase that day, that play, can you make a pick? Can you make a play? Cam Jordan, here's your game, dude. I mean, it, here you are. I mean, that line's terrible. So can you can you go make a play? And if there is a three and out and a short field, the Saints have got to convert. I mean, it's just it's that simple. If they don't convert, they're punting or they're selling for three, you, you're going to start getting that antsy feeling in your stomach of it's only a matter of time because they do have a quarterback and an offense that in one play can change the game. Saints aren't there right now. So you have to sort of steal this game by being smart about it, if that makes sense. Gus Cagiel has been our guest, Saints and Pelicans correspondent. Final question, Gus, and you don't have to expound on it a ton, but – I'll talk about it more next hour with Brad Topham. Um, Brian Kelly and Billy Napier, their first time ever to experience this weird and wild uh, LSU-Florida series, but they're also always going to be tied together because some in the fan base feel like LSU was going to hire Napier. Maybe should have, but they didn't want to hire him because he was from UL. Others will tell you he was never really the choice. Who knows? It doesn't matter. The perception is the reality in that they're always going to be compared to one another, no matter what. Um, Florida's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's in Gainesville Saturday night. Just want your pick, and then we'll let you go. Florida, because speaking to Chris Blair on Thursday, he even said it. Uh, Dan Mullen, the, the, the message got stale. Um the cupboard wasn't as bare as it is at LSU. And they have trouble with their O-line. Look, when you have back-to-back weeks of player-only meetings, there's problems. You got problems. I've talked to former players. Problems. I've talked to players, former players that speak to former players. I mean, Marlon Favorite, the one that told me, he talked to one of the linemen that, that came, came up with the idea and had the players-only meeting. When you're having players-only meetings, there's distrust. There's unhappiness. There's non-cohesiveness between the coaching staff. You don't trust them. You think they're not putting you in the right position. I have T-Bob on Monday morning going bananas, talking about it's a loss. It's a philosophy that Tennessee scheme opens up and they put you in a position to succeed. LSU isn't. They're convinced they have the best receivers in the world, but the quarterback doesn't trust them. you got to have a players-only meeting because the receivers are saying, throw me the darn ball. The quarterback rather run than throw. It's just, it's just a bad fit. It's a bad fit. So it's it's year one, but you gotta you, 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 you're, you're right, and they yeah. don't have a fit. What I do know from covering Billy and seeing some of their games is they know exactly who they want to be and what they're trying to be, and they do have talent, and that's why I think I give them the edge. Yeah, I kind of give the Gators the edge as well. I hope it's a good game. I mean, hell, I thought LSU Tennessee. Even though I thought Tennessee would win, I thought it'd be a close game. It was anything but. And yet LSU I mean, that was just, two different teams, though, man. Uh, L- I, the first I, half, I, the stats were the same. The first LSU, half, though, the stats were really close. It was just, I'm like, you just have to be okay with admitting you're just not there yet. They're a better football team, like, sure. period. They're well, they're, 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 they're a much, smarter, more disciplined football team. because no, in, they're better. They're in, better. In, in the first half, the stats in terms of yardage and everything else wasn't that different, but – 
What are you doing going for it on fourth down every time? Why aren't you kicking field goals? Why are you turning the ball over? All of those important stats that ultimately will win you and lose you a game. Because sometimes, as you know, Gus, total yards, some of that's cosmetic, all that other stuff. I'm not saying it's not important. It is. But when it comes to turnovers and penalties and fourth down conversions and third down conversions, that's that's where games are won and lost. Man, I, I appreciate it. You've been more than generous with your time this morning, my friend. Next time we chat, dude, the Saints will have played two games and the Pelicans will have played a regular season game. A lot's about to unfold here um, this weekend and over the next week. We're going to be there covering all of it. Follow Gus on Twitter at GCAT underscore one seven. He is the pregame, halftime, and postgame host on the New Orleans Pelicans radio network, which we are a part of over on our sibling station here, Talk Radio 960 on the AM dial. You can hear almost all the Pelicans games. There's a few you're not able to hear because of other programming, but the majority of them are there. You'll hear Gus on those, on the airwaves, breaking it down. It's going to be a really fun season. Look, I can't wait. Uh, if, I, if I can do a shameless plug, one of the things that I've talked to Graf about and what we want to do is we want to grab that excitement that Pell's fans have, man, and make it a part of the broadcast. It ain't about me reading a box score and, you know, playing a highlight. I, I plan on giving that number out. I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to use a lot of social media, Scott, where I'm going to ask you guys to send 10, 15-second videos of keys to the game, your thoughts on the game, and I'm going to play it on the air. So shoot me your 10 seconds. Man, I love Jose today. Oh, man, we didn't do this. Tonight. Whatever. I, y'all, I want y'all to be a part of the postgame, and it's real easy with today's technology. You just shoot me something on Twitter, um, and I, I will play it off of the computer, man. I, I, I want you guys to be involved. So I'm excited about it. And uh, as I'm calling it, as I told my wife, it's, it's a Disney tour. Scott, the Disney tour, because Carver wants to go to Disney World, and that's why I'm doing this job. I'm not going to see a dime out of it, but that, that's why for 80-plus nights I'm going to work. He's going to work, he's covering the bells, he's having fun, and he's helping to pay for a trip to Disney. (laughs) All the best, man. I appreciate it, my friend. Look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds good, man. All right, 8 o'clock hour, we're in it. We're going to continue it after this. Brad Topham will join me. We'll talk Major League Baseball, the Astros. Who's your daddy was trending yesterday. We'll tell you why. Plenty of big games today on the Diamond and this weekend. More on LSU, Florida, all of that and more coming your way next right here on The Great Scott Show on a Friday on 103.3 The Goat, simulcast on 1420, 103.3 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time.